Call her on the phone. Call her on the phone. When you're all alone, darling, ask Eugene. Ask Eugene. Ask Eugene. Good old Auntie E will fix your shit. Okay, here's the outline of the story. Yesterday, the American Muckrakers Pack posted a story claiming that Lauren Boebert, Boebert, listen, I'm going to stumble over that name all night long. It's Boebert, 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 was always an ambitious young lady. She had worked, the story claims she had worked as an escort on a sugar daddy website. The, uh, the website was Sugar Daddy Meat and had at least two abortions, one of which was related uh, to her sugar baby work. Now, <clears throat> muckrakers name the clinics in which she terminated her pregnancies, and that's just the beginning of the tale. The allegations go on to say that our crazy cowgirl was paid by a Koch family member for a romp in the begonias, and afterwards, or sometimes later, it's not quite quite clear, she was introduced by this family member to Ted Cruz, who encouraged this young minx without a high school education to run for the U.S. Congress. And apparently, or allegedly, uh, Ted Cruz donated $126,000 to the Boebert campaign. Now, whew, I can hardly read through that because it's so, uh, it's so, it's so crazy. So the American muckrakers, the muckrakers pack. Now they've been effective in the past. They were the investigators who found and posted the lascivious, delicious Madison Cawthorn videos, uh, that were so helpful in bringing him, uh, down and not, uh, and, and, and helping him lose his second term in Congress. Um, uh, and thank God for that. But as an American citizen, I am profoundly, if you can't tell, uh, intensely, uh, powerfully skeptical of these Boebert allegations. To me, they read like a hit job. Uh, and many liberals, uh, however, uh, if you were on Twitter anytime today or yesterday, um, they drank them down like mother's milk. Here's Joe from Jersey, who I adore. And Joe said, look, I got nothing against sex workers, but I don't care how much you pay me. There's no fucking way I'm going to fuck Ted Cruz. Uh, Mr. Newberger, uh, you know, big blue check on uh, Twitter said, why did Ted Cruz give $126,000 to Lauren Boebert? Was it her positions? And Smite said, so it turns out Ted Cruz met Lauren Boebert when she was a sex worker and encouraged her to run for Congress as a GOP candidate. His pitch, same work, more pay. And Randy Mayhem Singer, these are all blue checks, uh, said, Ted Cruz's wife right now, wait, I could have gotten paid for having sex with him? Okay, okay, so. Liberals didn't exactly drink it down like mother's milk. You can see uh, their brains were not totally rot rotted out like QAnoners. They did make jokes. So let me state right here on the Ask Eugene podcast 
that as a citizen, I remain extremely skeptical of the Boebert cruise story. But as an advice columnist, oh my God, I am thrilled with this story. And I am even more thrilled because I am being joined by the queen of advice columnists, the very queen, the queen of us all, uh, the fabled Heather Havra Lusky. Husky G. Husky G. Heather. Heather is the adored, the doted on, the darling, the goddamn revered advice columnist, Ask Polly, which you all have read for years in New York Magazine, which is now, you're reading it on Substack. And she's also the advice columnist, Ask Molly, because uh, you also read that on Substack, because one frickin' advice column is not nearly enough for Miss Heather. And her latest book, which Heather and I cannot stop talking about on the phone because it blew me away, her latest book is Foreverland on the Divine Tedium of Marriage. Now, this book caused such an uproar. Um, well, there's a good reason for it. Uh, Heather started one of her articles in the New York Times. Here's what her, here's what her opening, uh, title was. Do I hate my husband? Oh, for sure. Yes, definitely. Heather Haberleski. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, E. Jean. So happy to be here in this Heather. strange realm with you. It's just, it's just, just bizarre. What do you think? Uh, what's, we have a conundrum here with the Bobert story because it's so rich and it's so advice, you know, it cries out for advice columnists. Um, so well, what do you think? Um, uh, let me just say that as a rule, I try to stay far, far away from this kind of, uh, this kind of impossible scenario. I mean, as an advice columnist, as you know, Eugene, you cannot, there are letters you get and you say, no, 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 no. That's just a fun house of hell that I can't step <laughs> into. I'll, yes. I'll lose all sense of which direction gravity is in. I'll, I'll suddenly have vertigo. I won't know how to get out once I'm in. Um, and the thing about the times these days is that when you, I mean, Merely reading the news alone, let alone this uh, strange pack muckraker, right? Right, their special private published, you know, smearing campaign. Which I mean, we have to call it that, right? On either side of the aisle, it's a smear, right. smear campaign. Um, is it an aisle anymore, though? Is there an uh, aisle there, or is no? It there's just, well, there's a lagoon, you know. No, oh, okay. there's no oh. aisle. No, no, there's a continent. There's a world. There's a universe. You know, no, you know, there's, you know, left and there's right, and there, there's, there's no, there's no, there's no middle. Wait, so there's an inky black abyss between. The yeah, sides. apparently. Wait, so wait, uh, Heather, how do you tell what's true and what's not? Well, I mean. In the case of advice, I would say that I use, I, you know, read between the lines of a letter. I mean, advice is great because you, you have this document, um, you read the document, you try to, 
And, you know, a lot of times you just start to kind of get a sense by the ends of the letter. And as you start to write a feeling about what is missing, right. And what's needed and what, what your voice can add to it. The problem with reading about Lauren Boebert is um, it's just all, all you can see is, is, is just things that are missing. She uh, believes the election, the election was stolen. Right. Yeah. Uh, she, she she voted to overturn its results. She right. Supported the rioters who stormed the yes. capital. She yes. opposes masking. She dislikes vaccines. She opposes green energy, abortion, right. sex education, and non heterosexual marriage. And yeah. she has this. Um, you know, I, I mean, I've I've done my job. I've considered my job over the past year to be avoiding information about <laughs> these types of people. I know. The less I, I know, the better. But here, so is it a is is this a tale of comeuppance? What is going on? Why is it so? Can when you first heard it, did you fall for it hook, line, and sinker like like most liberals? Yes. Yeah, I know. I, I, I mean, I'm very suggestible, but yeah, me too. And I, they have, I also think that when when information conforms to your notions about yeah. the quality of the humans involved. Yeah. And also anything that is hypocritical. Woo, that's just, oh, just it know, was we are hot. talking about, you know, the GOP here. I mean well hypocrisy is yes. lifeblood of the party at this point. So, well sometimes yeah. I know that people who write to you, they don't know what is real and what is not real. Oh, we, yeah. that's, and that is your bailiwick. You, you discuss reality, how to tell what's real. We are going to get into your book <laughs> in a few minutes about how, you know, you, you never lie to your husband, which is very, very strange. Yes, extremely very. strange. And no. I don't recommend it as a lifestyle. Let me know. No, add. no. It's, because it's once a, you start telling the truth to your husband. Oh. You can't stop. No, it, the no, truth it, piles up on truth piles up on truth. No, it's and before you know it, you're in a fun house of truth. You can't. All there is is truth everywhere. It's terrible. And then you can't remember the true thing that you said before, so you I get know. caught <laughs> in another true thing. It's hard. <laughs> now, but now I'm still interested in your very initial reaction to um, uh, your uh, to hearing that Lauren. As a young woman, we know her childhood was very difficult. She did not have an easy childhood. She uh, got pregnant in high school and had to quit high school, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is strange because the GOP thinks that women shouldn't have a choice. You know, they uh, believe that, you know, poor Lauren Bourbon. Well, uh, anyway, not so she quit. She had to get a GED, and then she meets Ted Cruz, and he comes along and offers her 126 thousand dollars for her campaign convinces her to run for congress before she's even grat she never even she didn't get the ged i think until the campaign was up and running maybe moments before she was sworn in uh does that make sense no 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 does that make sense would you hand it i mean look whether or not that this is the thing whether or not these today's uh insane allegations and I think you need a button that just says allegedly, by the way, like a right, like a, sh- like a shock jockey. Right, right, right. Um, allegedly, allegedly. Or it could allegedly. be like a singing voice. Allegedly. Yeah, that's good. I like that. 
I like that. We could have a, you know, we could have a backup to, uh, you know, Heather and Eugene and the, and the backup dancers, the legends. That's yeah, great. I would like to sing, very much like to sing harmony on the allegedly button. And that was, I, can I recommend that it's a button on your desk or next to your cocktail that you can actually smack and it makes the sound? Because that's got to that, be satisfying. That would wait. Let me hit a sound here. I'll hit a sound. Let me, I think I, uh, how's this? Ask you, G. Ask you, G. Sorry. Sorry, I mean, that was the wrong one. You're really, you're really, but it's really, my envy levels are so jacked up beyond 11 right now. I can't, (laughs) that is a glorious sound. And I don't, I don't understand why I I really am looking straight in the mirror at my failures right now. No, wait, 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 a corollary. Wait, wait. Um, Have you received um, letters from young men and young women asking how to get into the sugar daddy game? Oh my God. As in, uh, asking how to become escorts, asking yes, how to yes. sex workers. Yeah. Um, no, I know you have, because I think I'm a big reader of ask Molly and ask Polly and have followed ask Polly since the inception of your first, since your first column, since you, you know, that, and, do I remember a letter of, of women writing to you about their husbands visiting escorts? What do I remember? Um, well, early on, I did have a guy who said, I mean, I don't get a lot. People kind of know that I'm, uh, well, you know, early on, I was a real scold. This guy wrote to I me. I remember. He just wanted yeah. to cheat on his wife and i mean i'm not saying that's good but i just read him the riot act um i would not have uh i I had not been married for very long and (laughs) right so i was a little uh, bit more idealistic about marriage back then um um, but so yeah i don't i don't have any i don't i don't feel that i've the thing is people would never um go to me for that kind of advice because i'm just so, uh, you know, I'm very much the inner world, emotional, you know, uh, very. if you want 5,000 words on your inner, uh, of guesses on your inner emotional world, <laughs> which You're... amazingly enough, a lot of people do, um, I'm the one, but you are the one, you, but uh... sex worker, how to be, become a sex worker. I don't yeah. have expertise in that. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't, uh, but, but so, Eugene, do you? Yes, Heather, yes. I've been waiting for you to ask me. Yes, 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 I have expertise in this because I, apparently, I got all those letters while they were not sending them to you. They were sending you the, uh, you know, the deep inside, because I'm shallow. People know not to write to me about a deep thing. They do write to me about how to become a sex worker. I received over 30 different letters from people asking me how to sell their virginities. Oh my really. God, really? No, really. It was, and, and I received letters from young sex workers who wanted to get out of sex work. I received, because it's a very glamorous and attractive uh, career. It looks easy. Of course, it's not. It's yeah. very difficult, very fraught, uh, horrible, dangerous. Um, but it looks glamorous and the money is spectacular i mean you know the sugar babies are 
they're put, you know, they're allegedly putting themselves, thank you for reminding me of that, allegedly putting themselves through college, et cetera, et cetera. And they do charge a lot and they're making a lot of money, but it is a hard life. Um, what is, how much does your virginity go for? God, because oh, well, you know how much I got for mine? No, how much? <laughs> What'd you get for your, Heather, what did you get for your virginity? Wow. I, I got, um, let's see, I ended a French, I, I think one of my friendships ended because maybe I happened to sleep with their, with their, someone who was interested in them. Oh, because, yeah. Oh. That's the kind of person I was. Well, you did pay. You paid for that one. <laughs> I paid. I paid. We're friends now. Actually, we're very good friends. Oh, yeah. Again, me and the, me, not me and the man, but me and yeah. the Yeah, this is, yeah. Uh, um, I'm on, uh, I received a letter from a young man who, uh, who, whose specialty was couples. So, of course, I met him and I realized he was a story and I wrote it for Esquire and he was so adorable. He was so charming, and yeah, and I happened to be there when his one of his women clients came, and I stepped in the next room. He was so bad at his job. He got on, he laid down with her on the sofa and said, well, "Here's his amour talk." He would say, "How do you like my legs? Do you think my calves look good? I've been working out. Do you like my chest?" That's how he did. I he. And they paid, he was so cute and he couldn't, it was difficult for him to leave the escort work with couples because the money was so good. And he, and, and this worked, it went well for him. Apparently women, you know, older women who are married in long-term marriages uh, are meeting him with the agreement of their husbands. Sometimes the husband comes along, sometimes not. They don't mind at all. He's young. He could go all night. Um, he was, you know, he was full of himself and, um, uh, <laughs> fascinating. It was hard for him. Here's the thing that was sort of sad. His mother was a seamstress. His new, his father was a New York cop. He was, you know, he want, he didn't want to do this. He was lying to his girlfriend, but he would like, I need new bar stools. I better go, you know, turn a trick. That's how he, he saw it as a, a way to make money. Uh, and this is, I, we forget this when we think this story about this young woman, uh, L Lauren, supposedly, allegedly, uh, you know, is a sugar baby. Well, there's a reason why young women, she had no, she had no money and she had no education. Well, how else is she going to earn money? I, we, and this is after she had a child, right? See, they don't mention the child in the story. It's, we're interesting. Uh, you know, and they don't say what years she actually. Uh, no, it's engaged. sort of a bootstrap story. You know, I sort of yeah. stuff up. But you know, I sort of, in a way, I sort of admire. Her. She did what she had to do. She's probably got the baby at home, and um, you know, the shocking thing to me was not that Lauren Bobert would be a sugar baby, or that she'd take oh. one hundred sixty-two thousand. The shocking thing is that the liberals fell for it. <laughs> Boy. Yeah. Did you, you know, that, that. Well, I mean, you know, we all want, we are all attracted to the, the kind of, the kind of story that reinforces our, uh, our pre-existing notions about the just depravity of what we're looking at. Well, I mean, the thing that's, that's uncomfortable that's about that. it though, 
it's uncomfortable to see she had two abortions. She, you know, she was right. a sex worker. It's like, you know, you don't want to really, it's not, it's not relaxing to bray about someone's abortions. By the same token, it is very expected that anything, any uh, of these people, uh, of these certain f- subset of ghouls uh, traffic in and, and bray about n- incessantly is definitely always something that they are guilty of. You know? Well, you just hit it, right? Yeah. It's no, that thing exactly where right. you, everything, every word is a projection. You know, we remember that from such things as the previous administration. Allegedly, every word we heard was a projection. And so right. that's what we expect now. We live in a, we do live in a fun house, right? So we, we do. It's very difficult to say no to scurrilous reports because, um, you know, it, it's amazing that even when you're a discerning human being and you think, I need a fact check on this, where, you know, who's going to report on this? Like, who's going to debunk it or not? Right. Um, and, and, and look, with the same group, Muck, Muckraker, right. uh, they took down Madison. Yeah. Cawthorn, yeah. Cawthorn, right? And right. so, uh, and a lot of that stuff uh, was allegedly the case, I believe. I mean, a lot of the yeah. stuff was, ended up being backed up. Uh, and there were actually subsequent articles about it. So, you know, will we see the same trajectory here is one question. Well, Heather, because people on Twitter agree with you, we got Nona saying, I want it to be true. We have Taser saying, I don't know, I thought the same about Cawthorn, and then constant escalating stream of pics and videos. And then Bell says they invited her to sue them. If any of it is live, when they took Cawthorn down, he admitted to everything they put out there, so there's some credibility. Let's see what happens. There, yeah. There's more to come. Um, well, what you said earlier about if it's to your advantage, if it's to our advantage to believe it, we'll believe it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If, if it, that's, doesn't that explain the GOP stance on the big lie that, that Trump won? It's to their advantage to believe it. Yeah, but, you know, it, that strains credulity uh, even more. And the obviously the little offshoots of that, the, the sort of conspiratorial. Right. Um, I mean, whatever. I, it's just, what do you even, what do you well, even do? It's, well, I, it just feels, I mean, it, you know, nothing is worse than trying to figure out what's true these days. It's the absolute worst. And the fact that we oh. can't, I mean, every single person owes it to themselves to subscribe to at least three newspapers if they can afford it. I mean, yeah. we all need, we all need, of course, the essential newsletters of E. Jean and Heather Haverleski. Yes, but, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> but after those are funded, um, it's so important to, uh, you know, whether you agree with every word in, the big newspapers are not. Uh, these people are reporting, doing uh, right. extremely important work. They are professionals who know how to vet these kinds of allegations, and we rely on them to do that work. And then you have great people like Judd. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Judd L- Ligum. Yeah. Boy, he Love good. him. Yeah. He's, uh, there are many substacks where they go out and they – they do the di- the deep uh, digging, unlike you and I who get on the phone and discuss our dogs. <laughs> really, 
No, we got. We're, when do we get to the dog segment? Damn yeah, it! We're, you know, we're like, we're, we're, this is an important story. We discuss the story. You know, uh, well, Chris Hayes, we all, uh, you know, the MSNBC anchor has weighed in, and he says, just generally, a good rule to be skeptical of completely unsourced, lurid allegations, even if they're on a letterhead. So can that, I say this though? Can I just add this one word of skepticism? Please, May, please. might I interject? Please, I, I do. Okay, so I just said pay journalists, uh, support journalists. Absolutely, I, I I believe that. I agree with it. But you know, having lived through COVID, the early days, I was you know hyper alert to all of the news about COVID in February, right, right, right of twenty twenty. In right. January of 2020. And I started writing these apocalyptic things because this pandemic was headed our way on Ask Molly, which Ask Molly is sort of Polly's evil twin. And it's this apocalyptic, weird thing. It's not even advice anymore. It's just a big mess. No, no. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> See, they don't like me even mentioning Molly. No, my dog is barking at, at fake knowledge. Listen. <laughs> They don't it. even want to hear me mention it. Can you bring them upstairs? Do you mind? I'm going to have oh, these. That's hilarious. No, this... Did they set off your dog? Yeah, yeah, my dog is barking now. Because you just you you just said the word skepticism. What word did you say? <laughs> you know, evil. I believe I mentioned evil. Well, you were you were hot on the trail. You were, Go ahead, go ahead. Come They're go very ahead. moralistic, these dogs. Um what was I saying? Let's see. Yeah, da, you're, da, 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 da. You said your skepticism about COVID. Oh, yeah. COVID. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, you, you track COVID and, you know, you're seeing these uh, reports, early reports that it may be airborne in right, February right. and oh, early reports that. that it's incredibly contagious in February. And then there's the, you know, there's the gaggle of journalists online who are saying, no one, you know, we don't know that. That's not, you know, that's right, not, right. Uh, we don't think that. And I mean, a little bit of intuition is actually a, a powerful tool. I mean, I'm not saying that everyone should go. I, I definitely personally uh, refrain from diving right into the latest thing anymore. The way I did when COVID was starting, I just was retweeting every single thing I found because oh, I thought too, it was fascinating. Too. But I do, th- I do think that there's a way that, you know, you, if you have a a brain that you're applying to the information that's passing in front of your eyeballs, right? Something like this about Bobert, I, you know, it's not the the problem is is that you have to sit in dark rooms and say to each other, yeah, I think this was probably going to end up being true. Yeah. And yeah. With, yeah, with COVID, it had high stakes. It was a high stakes thing to say. Well, I think it's airborne. I mean, I was buying masks and crate. I was I was like prepping. You know, in 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 February, because I was like, I ha- I have a uh, I had uh, Dupont. Um, this is so embarrassing. I had those. Uh, I you know I was watching the news from China. I had I had right. those uh, hazmat suits. The dude, so did I. I believe that. No, no, no. So did I. I brought in. <sighs> no, no, Heather, you're you're right. See, but this hit the same trigger uh, as the COVID thing with uh, many people. Not not the whole population, but because it hit her, uh, we uh, you know, Bubbert has spunk. We all know that. Mm-hmm. So everything that was written about could be true. It's their very you know her personality, her spunk, her, you know her gun toting, 
you know, she'll do anything. She'll say anything. She stood up in the, you know, in Biden's address. Remember when he was addressing the nation and she yelled at him and, you know, she'll do anything. So this fit with our our beliefs. And mm-hmm. what we have to think is getting her out of the U.S. Congress. We don't we don't need any more people who believe that Trump won the 2020 election. So it is it's not as important as COVID. But it, again, with democracy being in a life or death state right now. Oh, yeah, uh, sure. Um, that's why it's, it's feeding into our fear um, yeah. that this one little, you know, gun-toting moron, uh, <laughs> Jesus, would, would, you know, it just seemed true, and that Ted Cruz, of all people, would give, but of course that's on the record because she reported it, so that's right. You know, $76,000. So that makes I mean, how does it make sense, right? No sense. How does that up? I mean, I'm not saying there's a, you know, a Russian plane with Putin on it parked in, you know, Lauren Boebert's garage at this time. But like, you know, it it just how do you even make sense of uh, I think I'll encourage this young lady. Right. You know, who's who, who, Putin's uh, plane. I just got your joke about Putin's plane being in a garage. Ah! It's, it's like, I, you know, uh, who, who I would encourage to remain some variety of handmaiden's tale, uh, right. subhuman half person, right? To quote, uh, Elizabeth Spears, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, even though I, you know, endorse women being kept at a level of chattel with total control over their bodies being held oh, in the state. Right. Um, I still want her to be a representative of the government of the United States. How does that add up? Uh, it, it, you can't see this is, you can't add it up. You can't, because your brain will go haywire. It's foobar. <laughs> foobar from start to finish is foobar. Um, you know, Heather, it's um, uh, the smart people who are in this, who are in this club, this, this ghoul club. Right. Are just, uh, so must be just so cynical, you know? Uh, well, and manipulative and strange and just like you to be using this sort of sad lowest common denominator. Well, as kind of like a lackeys for their pathetic agenda. I don't know. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Speaking of pathetic agenda, May I just talk about the people, the ladies on The View who tore apart your book? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what, here's what happened. Heather, Heather published a book. It's called, uh, Foreverland, uh, The Divine Tedium of Marriage. There's a whole thing about reality and unreality in her book. And here's the thing with Heather, uh, you're all going to think I'm exaggerating because you, you, you I'm not. The only other book that is better about marriage than this book is Anna Karenina by Count Leo Tolstoy. Heather gets that so- is false. I I want to confess no, that. That is, that is <laughs> freaking true. I said it. I said it. I you know I you know that's what I think because you actually get into a marriage just like Tolstoy did. I I, I admit that he's a little bit better at you on describing the scenes where the. Where, where you follow the floor in tears. He does that better than you. you know? Allegedly, he does that better. Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly, he does that. 
But here's what you did. Your whole thing, your whole book is about telling, not your whole book, your whole book is hilarious. And they all missed how funny it was. But anyway, your, your thing is about telling the truth. So these uh, lovely ladies on The View didn't get the fact. What didn't they get? What happened on The View? Well, okay. So incredibly, I've been on The View twice. Both times I was referred to as a mom without my name being used at all. Ah! Okay. Which the first time was in, uh, I think it was like, I'm going to say 2016, 2015. I'd written this thing about how I didn't like it when teachers and coaches would refer to a group of women and men, parents, as, hey, moms, come over here. Oh, um, my God. Or and you'd be out at a, a bar and, and, you know, someone right. would stop and say, ooh, bunch of moms cutting loose, huh? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Like, you know, we're like our umbilical cords are trailing out the... <laughs> trailing out the, yeah. side of the bar oh. and we're just feeding our little infants uh through oh. you know, directly so so i wrote this piece for the new york times about how it was an op-ed about how i, I didn't love i remember it mommy culture and so that so that you know and i said i don't like being summed up as a mom or mom you know i love being a mother but it feels yeah. condescending to not be referred to by my name i don't hear people saying bunch of dads yeah, you know, having some beers, huh? Or hey, dad. No, they don't. They never do. You, you, you don't lose your identity when you become a dad. Um, so anyway, I wrote this piece. The the view said, what started the the the, the segment started with Whoopi Goldberg saying, and so this mom says she doesn't want to be called mom. You know? Oh, and then boy. everyone railed on me. And so this time, uh, they flashed a picture of myself and my husband on the screen nice and but they didn't show the cover of my book they didn't mention the name of my book they didn't mention my name that's right they didn't mention the title no no title no i mean because the thing is if you you get a bad review it's fine people know your book exists it's not the end of the world people on the view talk about what a loser you are right which was the second conversation this Woman, this, okay, a wife, mom, and journalist right. wrote a book. And there you go. Says, she says her husband is a, she calls her husband a snoring heap of meat. And right. a smelly pile of laundry. Who does that? Right. Like that. My dog is now afraid of me. She's looking at me with a lot of fear <laughs> in her eyes. My little dog. I remember. That, I'm screaming. They, but you know what? They hadn't read the book. They were just handed quotes. They were just handed quotes. You understand? Yeah, yeah. They said, well, we got snippets. Nobody said, I read the book. I actually enjoyed it. No one said, this book is a humorous book. No one said the word comedy, humor, you know, irony. It was just, this crazy bitch wrote a whole book about how she hates her fucking husband. Like, what is that? I mean, how is it possible that a woman writes comedy and it's taken just a straight up like, what's she doing? And a man writes comedy, and it's like, ha-ha, he's just joking. Get a sense of humor, you snowflakes. Well, it also happened with the New York Times, because they, the Times handed the, the review in the New York Times to Walter Kern, and he reviewed your book, and what happened? Well, He didn't get the joke either. The irony there is that the first 
the first memoir I wrote back in 2010 was also reviewed by a man. Isn't that funny? Well, I'm ain't just that saying. A, ain't that a corker? Well, here's here's what I'm doing. I'm tying all this together. Did you, look, look how sly. Look how sly mm. I am. I know. That um, deserves more music. The, I, I should, but music. I don't want to leave the conversation to go yeah, find yeah. which sting I want. Wait, shall I go find a sting? Let me see. Let me see. Uh, let me, <laughs> I'm going to do, uh, oh, look at this. I'm going to do this. Oh, here comes. Ooh. So I'm tying all this together, Heather, because you uh, were maligned by very intelligent people. And what's happening with <laughs> Lauren Boebert. It's the dream. Is she's being, it's the same process, I'm just saying. Right, We've right. Received, you see how smart I am? Do you yes, see how I turn yes. this? You see how I turn this? Uh-huh. We received a few snippets about her. And Walter Kern, he actually read your book, so I guess he doesn't count. But the, the, Theoretically, the, allegedly. Allegedly, he read the book. I'm just saying, we're being very uh, unfair to Lauren Bolbert. Bo- well, okay, Bolbert. We're being unfair to her. Listen, uh, I was on had- the I was on the headline. I was on the the you know New York Post. Uh, oh, I read UK, that one. You know, oh, oh, wife calls marriage oh. insane. Yeah, um, the Post killed you, Jesus. Um, I'm just saying, this is what's happening to. And I don't like Lauren Bobert. I can't even pronounce her name, as you know. I can't. I refuse. To Your mouth it. refuses to form the shape it of can't, that I word. can't do it. But the same. But it's the whole thing about doing this to a woman that's getting on my. This is where I am. We're doing this to a woman, and of course they hit him on the sex thing, and they hit you on the dirty pile of laundry. Oh, that's she didn't like that. Is that bigger, Olive? I think she thought you were calling me dirty. Oh, dirty, <laughs> dirty girl. Uh, um, yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree. Listen, it's when you see these women being dragged from AOC yeah. to Boba no. to Marjorie Taylor right. Green. Is that a stupid right. name? I mean, I, I, yeah. I, I literally steer around information about these human beings. But by the same token, yeah, it's, a, it, it's misogyny. It's internalized misogyny. It's the pathetic yeah. misogyny of our culture that always latches on to the women more than the men. And right, always. Right you know, painted as lightweights always. And when you feed into that, when you, when you flash the picture of look at this little hussy in her tight jeans with her big, right. Right. You know, you, you're, you are a piece of, of, yeah, uh, I did it. Yeah. I did it myself. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's, you know, it's, it's uh, on the one hand, you know, this is what our eyeballs are resting on because that's what's out in the culture. And on the other hand, we're all perpetuating the same trash. Um, Right. And yet, you know, whatever you, we, it's a, it's an, it's an interesting time. Are, are we supposed to be, it's a, it's a real dilemma, I think, to be in the media at all right now, any kind of media, because you don't want to touch this stuff. You don't want to add to, to it. And yet, what is the, what is the alternatives, you know, to burying your head in the sand? Well, you, do you realize that something like this ran, uh, uh, 15 years ago, she would, just it would have killed her yeah i know i mean i was thinking about that today how many the thing is how many crises and scandals can just get packed into one day 
on top of the right mass shooting. I mean, on top of the war, on top of the bad COVID news, on top of. I mean, it's just too much. And and how much can you endure? I mean, not to state the obvious, which I am doing. Well, I guess that's what happens when you talk out loud and people listen to you talking. This, this is uh, Heather. Where I want to. Uh, <laughs> I got very depressed there for a minute listening to, you know, what we're facing. So I yeah. want you to cheer us all up. Oh. And I have want you to do us an honor, uh, Heather, do us the honor of reading uh, from your book. And here's why I'm asking you. It turns out that Amy Dickinson, who ha- who is in 200 newspapers and has 20 million readers, she- Amy Dickinson is Ask Amy. Amy Dickinson was a cheerleader. It turns out that Cheryl Strayed, who I guess Heather and I would call her the Empress of Advice mm, Commons. She's the Empress. She's Dear Sugar. Cheryl Strayed was a cheerleader. It turns out that Heather Haverleski was a cheerleader. And Eugene was a cheerleader. It, yep. There's something going there's something about advice columnists which i guess it's our job to pick people up and tell them they can go on right that's what we do right i think it's a little bit of like um i think we all have a a a vainglorious helper gene Uh, (laughs) oh listen this is this is what uh i hate to tell you what you did heather i never i just thought being a cheerleader was cool because you're out in front of people being the most popular Exactly. No. That is but, exactly, yes. But you pointed out, no, it means you're on the sidelines cheering somebody else on. I know. Well, yeah, I know. It's so demeaning. It, I, it stopped me in my tracks. I've been cheering on men this whole time. <laughs> That's what I was doing? That's what I was doing. Oh, my well, God. Well, sure. That's how they... That's how they... That's how they uh, that's the narrative they want you to believe. But the real truth is you're controlling their brains with your hotness. Oh, everybody's brains with your incredible scorching hotness. That's true. Particularly if you start to do cartwheels and don't wear any cheerleading tights. Forget, you know what? Yeah. Forget those. What were those called? Those um, little, like you'd wear underwear and then you'd wear like your kind of like polyester briefy yeah. thing yeah and they can't mine were bright green in high school and bright red in college what were yours i think mine were like a ultra blue and i had a red white and blue uniform that was in high school and then junior high i had like kind of a well we would call it carolina blue it was like light oh. blue. junior high which is middle school which is actually mentioned in this um yeah and that's why i want you i have gone through your book again because I've read every single word. Uh, it is underlined so much, but I decided I wanted to ask you to read this because this is a little, uh, this show is a little depressing how um, the world <laughs> slightly depressing about how we're all picking on this one. She's a horrible person. I admit she's a moron. She's a bad person. She believes you know that Trump uh, you know, it should be president, and she's against women's rights, and she uh, believes that everybody should be armed, and she's a horrible person. But it's upsetting to see a woman maligned like this, and everybody falling for the story. So, 
I'm asking you to cheer us all up by reading your chapter in Foreverland. Um, about, and it's the title of the chapter is, it's chapter 14, and the title is Cheer. Heather, take it away. Would you like me to read the entire chapter? Would you want to just call it, call it when I, when you? Well, it's not that long. Okay, it's pretty short. It's true. It's pretty, it's just, it's actually the shortest chapter in the book. Yeah, that's true. Okay, go for it. Okay, cheer. I am eating a giant bowl of mashed potatoes covered in melted cheese, and that's normal. It's normal to take five pounds of leftover mashed potatoes from your fridge, grate a pound of cheese on top, microwave it, and then sit on the couch and eat it while staring blankly at the wall. This is how adult human beings eat lunch. My My daughter is trying out for cheerleading this week. They call it cheer now, but it's just as bone chilling as it was when I did it back in junior high school, which they now call middle school. Back then, I was a high, I was high strung and geeky, which they now call anxious and so awkward. I love it. I wanted to make cheerleading so I could be somebody. While I eat six pounds of food for lunch, which they used to call binge eating, but they now call <laughs> self care. Yes. <laughs> I'm wondering if this is what my daughter wants, too. My daughter didn't sweat much back in elementary school. She effortlessly made lots of ordinary, lovable elementary school friends. But seventh grade is different. You show up to middle school and your entire group of friends might be judged as uncool by some other giant group of friends from an ever so slightly more sophisticated segment of your deeply idiotic suburb. You go to places like Starbucks or the fucking drugstore next to the Starbucks. This is where they hang out now instead of the Orange Julius at the mall. And even your closest friends are trying to ditch you. And you are also trying to ditch some of your other friends. Uh. Everyone is trying to win or outbeat the rest, as the grammatically challenged middle school cheerleaders put it in one of their cheers. By the way, outbeat, I guess, is a... Yeah, you word. use that. You use that phrase constantly in, in this chapter. I love it. Outbeat, outbeat is a real word, apparently, now. I think that's one of those dumb words that should like be a word. Okay. Junior high is all about ditching and getting ditched, I tell my daughter and her friend, trying to make the brutal realities of some grade sound faintly sporting instead of... Torture. Good work, Heather. <laughs> yeah, I'm so good at this. Even though I called middle school the wrong name again, they nod vigorously... So I throw in some wisdom about being who you are, where you are. I'm an advice columnist. I'm good at this. Their eyes go dead. I wander off in search of a stiff drink, which is normal. It's normal to drink when you're 48 years old and you're looking a little grizzled, but you still want to look beautiful, magically, implausibly beautiful, possibly because you've always been attracted to the impossible. Right. Some mornings I look in the mirror and I see Keith Richards. Other mornings, <laughs> other mornings, I am Burgess Meredith. That's kind of an ancient uh, reference. I put moisturizer on Burgess Meredith's face anyway, as if I can transform him into a dewy nymph. I almost savor the despair of this moment, of wanting something so shallow and so out of reach. Being in seventh grade isn't so different. You hate it. But you also love it a tiny bit for the same reasons you hate it. The drama, the suffering, the competition. 
but you want to love it more. You want to be the one who is standing in the front, shouting something and looking cute doing it. You want right. to outbeat the rest. Right. When I was in seventh grade, I had no dance or gymnastics experience, but I wanted the impossible, and so did my best friend. Every day after tryouts, we practiced our cheers and our jumps and yelled at each other. No broken wrists. That looks sloppy. Start over. Right. When we checked the list after school, we saw we made the team. Just yeah. eight slots available to 60 girls. We screamed Oof. and jumped up and down for a long time. We knew that becoming cheerleaders would change everything. We yeah. would still be geeks, sure, but we would be yeah. visible geeks. Yeah. People would hate us for no reason. That's what yeah. we wanted. That is a normal thing to want at that age. <gasps> Woo-hoo! Uh-oh. Hatred. Your dog doesn't like hatred. <laughs> now that I'm older and I've been hated for all kinds of reasons, I find cheerleading sexist and futile. Oh. I also know from personal experience that at least 91% of cheerleading coaches are sadists and sociopaths. Oh. That's just a wild guess, but it feels, this is actually very <laughs> apropos, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's just yeah. a wild guess, but it feels statistically bulletproof inside of my head where I spend most of my time these days. I'm middle-aged, so I have all kinds of baseless and unfair opinions, which people <laughs> used to call being fucking delusional, but right. now referred to as honoring your truth. When you wake up in the morning looking like Dumbledore, what else do you have, really? You treasure your petty grievances and sweeping right. generalizations. Read it! Read it, girl! <laughs> you hug them close. Yes! But I don't tell my daughter these things. I don't tell her harrowing stories about my high school cheerleading coach who was a terrifying cross between an enthusiastic real estate agent and Bernadette Peters on a five-day bender. <laughs> I don't describe how we were forced to practice dangerous stunts in the gym without mats. Oh, boy, yeah. Girls would be writhing in pain, saying their right. backs or their heads hurt after a fall to the hard gym floor, and our coach would yelp in her scary baby voice, You're okay. You're fine. Get up. <laughs> I also don't tell her how much I loved wearing my uniform to school or oh, how satisfying God. it was to get attention from the cute boys for the first time ever after yeah. feeling doomed by my giant ugly glasses and unrelenting right, acne right, and right. bad fashion choices for so long. Out beating the rest feels pretty goddamn great, I never it say to her. Does. I strongly recommend it. Yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I am being discreet, which is unusual for me. I want to help my daughter make the team. But oh, I also feel like I should have prevented her from landing here in this stupid predicament in our stupid suburb. Her yeah. dance is set to a hip-hop mix that begins with the words, My Left Stroke Just Went Viral from Humble by Kendrick Lamar. Great <laughs> song. Excellent song. But then it segues into a bad pastiche of watered-down beats that aren't nearly as good as that song. In spite of my misgivings, I am already yelling, No broken wrist. That looks sloppy. Oh, Start yeah. over. After a few rounds of this, she's crying. I'm making oh. cheerleading seem impossible. Oh. I am the worst kind of mother. A bossy, shallow cartoon. Yeah. I, don't, I don't care. I can't stop barking instructions. Right. Which, you don't care. <laughs> which seem to be about dancing, but really boil down to how to be visible and cute and win by cheering someone else to victory. Wow, oh. this really does tie in with Lauren Brobert. Dude, it? this is it. <laughs> Talk about synchronicity, Jesus. Really? Do I really want to keep reading? Do you want me to read? Yes, it goes yes. on and on. Okay. Um, let's see. 
I never in a million years thought I would end up here. Be humble, bitch. Sit down, Kendrick Lamar whispers inside my brain. My daughter says she'll freak out if she doesn't make the team. This is normal, I think, but my pulse rate goes up anyway. I tell her she should try on the despair of not making cheerleading right now and maybe even cry about it so she's prepared when she sees the list at school and she's not on it. This is terrible advice. Advice so shitty that only a professional advice columnist would give it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you don't... I kind of forgot about this chapter. I feel like you don't think I'm even going to make it, she yells at me. She hates me right now. I hate myself too. All very normal and developmentally appropriate for everyone involved. It's true that I feel like she might not make cheerleading. For the same reason, I feel like I might get crushed by a mile-wide meteor at any second. (laughs) I've always expected the worst. It's a way of life. I want her to mimic my mindset the way I mimicked my mother's. That way, no one wants something impossible they can't have. That way, no one is ever disappointed. Ah. Ah. Wow, this is just so my El Guapo at 100%. Oh, boy. Uh, that, way, no one, that, that way, everyone aims low and no one cares too much about something that's out of their control. Wow. That way, no one cries their eyes out when they read the list after school on Friday. My yeah. friend is a counselor at the school and says it's like the end of the world every year. Hallways filled with sobbing girls. They Ugh. have a nickname for that day. Dias Dolorem or something like that. Oh, Jesus. I might have made that up too. <laughs> when you're middle-aged, it's normal to make shit up. It's normal to be cynical about things you used to care about way too much. And it's normal right. to find yourself seduced by those same things out of the blue in spite of your best intentions. Right. It's, it's also normal to aim for the impossible while expecting the worst. Yeah, I want my daughter to make cheerleading, and I also don't want her to make it. I want her to pick an activity that's much less sexist and futile, but I also want her to outbeat the rest, not in yeah. spite of the fact that it's absurd and shallow and twisted, but because of it. Contrary to popular wisdom, growing older does not make you less conflicted. In fact, you become more and more conflicted by the second. Yes, that's true. It's true. Yes. You can see all sides of any given thing. It's all stupid bullshit. It's all stupid bullshit, and you want all of it, everything. And you also want none of it. It can all go fuck itself. You are Walter fucking Matthau, and that's delightful in its way. But you also (laughs) want to be Meryl Streep or Chrissy Teigen or Beyonce instead. And let's be honest, as I grew older, I started to feel more competitive instead of less. I started to want to take more for myself, to indulge myself for change. Maybe I saw it as a market correction to a lifetime of getting less than I needed, less attention, less approval, less right, right, less right. comfort. Adaptive animals learn to comfort themselves. Oh, shut up. Go on. <laughs> Sometimes that means discovering that you're ravenous for more. Sometimes that means resolving to take whatever you want for a change. Every pig and shit has its own array of rationalizations. That's it. Maybe I deserve more than most. Maybe yeah. I shine more when I take more. Who would I be without too much? Maybe I just want more. Isn't that okay? Why should I always be the one who's generous, the one who's fine with less? Maybe this is just where most mothers Hello? Um, 
Where did Heather? Sorry, that was a call I got, and I told them to fuck off. Oh, who is interrupting us? Someone from Orlando. Dramatic readings of the twenty first century, and somebody's trying to call you. This this is horrible. Why is my Why is my phone on? Is one thing. Okay, here we go. I should be on. I don't know. Whatever. Something. Don't take a call. Okay. Um, Pig and shit. Got it. Maybe this is just where most mothers land after almost a decade of treating self-sacrifice as their first priority in life. I was becoming more selfish and more conflicted the older I got. When you're conflicted, it sets people's nerves on edge, particularly right. when those people are 11 years old yeah. and they've been practicing toe touches, toe touch jumps for three hours straight. Oh, man. That's when you have to watch your step or you might start spouting some of your baseless and unfair opinions or airing your petty grievances, the ones you love so dearly. Yeah, yeah. Other people like a tiny bit less. Yeah. What kind of a fucking sadist puts a toe touch in the middle of a cheer for a right, 11 year old? Really? I ask you. Really? That's psychotic. Luckily, I am a grown adult who is in full control of her faculties. So after my daughter cries, I tone it the fuck down. I tell her she's doing great. And when she goes to bed, I tell her that I'm pretty sure she'll make the team. She Aww. has a kind of luminous quality to her, and she just needs to trust it. Aww. My daughter smiles at this. Aww. She goes to bed happy. I believe these words when I say them, but as I close her door, I'm filled with a sense of dread. Not because I know what will happen, but because I don't. I hate getting invested in something that feels uncertain, I tell Bill as I pour myself a drink. I oh, like now let me stop you right there. Oh, okay. Here's the thing. We, about the Loan Bogart thing, we're, we want to invest in this story because it's to our advantage, but we're conflicted. Liberals are conflicted, right? Yes. Do we believe this or do we not? Yeah. We're conflicted. Well, we know it's bullshit, but okay, go on. I just want to Well, we're always sitting around going, oh, please, oh, please. Okay, Please so Bill be just as bad as it seems. Yeah. Right? Okay. Exactly. So Bill and you have a drink. Okay, but nice center, more synchronicity, more oh. synergy there. Good, yeah. good insertion of synergy. Okay. I've tried to avoid overindulging my children. Adaptive animals learn to comfort themselves, but maybe I was only protecting myself from the perils of caring too much. Well. Bill says, choosing his words carefully, which is an extremely wise move at this particular juncture. <laughs> it's good that you turned it around. He's referring to how I stopped shouting about my daughter's mistakes and calmed the fuck down. He's referring to my precarious drive right along the edge of unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. We both stare at our hands, and I think about how destabilizing it feels to care so much about someone who is not you, particularly when you care about them even more than you care about yourself when you want the impossible for them, when you'd happily look like Walter Matthau from now on, if it meant that person could feel visible and good and right in their skin, starting now until forever. It feels good to care that much, but it also kind of sucks. When the future is out of your control, caring too much can make you feel like a glutton for punishment. Oh my God, that's like the definition of being a Democrat today on on the face of this earth. Okay, but I don't really want to talk about it. So now I'm sitting on the couch wondering if I'm a terrible mother. I wonder if I'll ever say anything right again. That's normal. I love my daughter. I love her much more than I can stand. It hurts sometimes. 
It's confusing and humbling. That's normal. We're all out of mashed potatoes now. That's the last line, isn't it? <laughs> last poetic line of my, my chapter. That was with a, the mashed potatoes. Uh, you know what, Heather? That was a beautiful reading, and I just love that chapter. I love it. And it shows you where we are today. Um, you, uh, uh, the book is, um, I got to say, guys, if you ever want, want to read something almost as good as Leo Tolstoy on the art of marriage, almost as good as Anna Karenina, you know what? My dog just growled when you said almost as good as Tolstoy. Okay. She didn't like that in, in some spots, <laughs> better. I just, uh, I want to, Heather, I love that you read it. And um, it was, I love that you're here on the podcast. I love that you helped me figure out how much bullshit filled that Lauren, uh, Lauren Boebert uh, story. I think that, don't you think we should just go out on a limb and say we believe that it's either true or false? Even though all we're doing is alleging, right? Because we're making a prediction. Let's just trust our intuition. All right, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you, it's, total, it's 100% bullshit. That's my Okay, guess. okay, that's great. What do you my say? My intuition, and I want to warn you that I am clairvoyant. <laughs> so that's a little bit of, that's a little unfair. This is, I, the cards are stacked against you, Eugene, but... I, my gut says that this is 100% true. 100%. I'm not alleging that it's true, mind you. I'm You're holding my crystal ball tight. And I'm saying my intuition tells me it will be proven to be a fact. These are facts. All right. Ladies and, and I, gentlemen, you got it. <laughs> Heather Haberleski right here. And this it we're gonna bid our melodious adieu, Heather. Thank you. Uh, oh, thank for you so much for having I me. hope to have you back where we can solve more uh, problems that we know nothing about. Yes. But we that should was start our own podcast, another podcast. We're another just podcast. guessing at things we know nothing about. We we take current events of which we know nothing and we solve the problem. <laughs> Uh, of those current events of which we know. Okay, that is a very good idea for a podcast. We should do that. We should do that. I see uh, Mary. The know nothings. Okay. H Hi, Mary Trump. She's sitting here, been listening to us, and there's Avery, and there's there's a lot of our friends here. And I'm going to say that's it, doodle bangers, for the live Ask Eugene podcast uh, with the fabulous Heather Havrileski. It will be on Apple and Spotify tomorrow. And now, before I play the greatest theme song since Mozart's magic flute, I want you to remember what George Carlin said. Conservatives are not pro-life. They are anti-woman. The Ask Eugene music is by Los Caterpillars, Greg Talenfeld, and Melanie Rock. The incidentals are by Little Red Church. Show art by the Rembrandt of his generation, Silent James. Ask Eugene is produced by, are you kidding? Guff uh, is playing the personality of the dog on this uh, podcast. The cat is being played by Vagina T Fireball. Email us your problems at e.gene, J-E-A-N, at askegene.com. E.gene at askegene.com. Or send me a juicy a uh, voicemail, uh, which I may play on the show. I've gotten some juicy voicemails, which, unfortunately, I cannot play on the show because uh, of various... <laughs> well, we...
we, we don't want to hear about the guy in the silky running shorts. We don't want to hear about that guy. So please send us a, a, a you know, send us your problem on voicemail, 845-682-0881, 845-682-0881. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And remember what I always say, darling, fate loves the fearless. Call her on the phone Call her on the phone When you're all alone Just ask Eugene Call her on the phone Don't sit there all alone If you need For me, ask Oh, no, no.